They don't understand, they don't understand. I'm running with the fam, yeah, I love the fam. And we gon' start a one that's from up above. And they gon' know it's us by the way we love. All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers. And we gon' worship the father and we gon' drown in this water. All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers. And we gon' worship the father and we gon' drown in this water. Family, family, family. Christ died one time for my Welcome to Reform Dads, where all things are for dads, through dads, and two dads, as well as the aspiring husband and father. I'm your man, Dusty Marshall. I'm a Christian husband, father, hip-hop artist, and co-founder of Irregular for Christ Ministries. With me, as always, is my man, Norm, the master's dog, Dunham. How are you doing, hey, brother? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, got a new setup here at the house, which I'm excited about. And uh, just, you know, we'll be figuring it out as we go. How are you? How is the family doing? Family's good. Everybody's healthy again. And we're all back to work. And, you know, nothing nothing crazy going on. Nobody hurt from roller skating injuries. No COVID. <laughs> no, just just life as usual. So, yeah, things are really good. So you're fully healed from your roller skating accident a few weeks ago, huh? Right. I have no back pain at all. I can get in and out of bed like a normal 40-year-old <laughs> Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, how's, how, you know, how's the normal uh, work schedule? You've obviously changed to being uh, working overnight, right? That's, that's the new schedule. How is that going for you? It's, it's not bad. I mean, there are some days that I come home more tired than others, but... I mean, once I got into the flow and actually back into it after being home for 14 days with COVID, um, my body just stays on basically on a nighttime schedule. So it works out really well for me. I, I go to work at 10 o'clock at night. Um, I come home about seven ish in the morning, wake my wife and my daughter up. We have breakfast, do homeschooling with Opal. Uh, we do lunch and then I put her down for a nap and then I go to bed. And so and then other days, you know, it, it mixes up on, on days. Fridays, I'm down at the mill, so we don't do school. I come straight home from work, get my stuff together, head down to Salt Lake City and spend four hours outside of the, the Planned Parenthood down there and then go have lunch with my sister and come home, go to bed, go back to work. So it's a little different, but it's good. You know, brother, we might have to change your name to Norm the Night Owl Dunham with that schedule, <laughs> bro, because that's... Uh... That's that's an intense schedule. That's a that's a good one. But you know, that's what you were called to do for your work, for being a man and and leading your household and finances. And um, you know, that's a little bit about what we'll be talking about here today. Um, I just you know something I don't normally do is I'm gonna do two awkward things. One, I'm gonna point out that both of us. Uh, no one can see this, but both of us are wearing the exact same shirt, and neither of us communicated with each other about it today. Exactly. So something's going on there. We're wearing the Baby Lovers shirt from End Abortion now, which I love. Same color Absolutely. and everything, which is really awkward. Same bald <laughs> heads and everything, which is really awkward. 
Uh, you're just a little heavier on the uh, the beard side than I am. Just slightly. 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 <laughs> but one thing I want to do is, uh, I don't say this in most episodes, but I want to tell everybody, uh, you can uh, support our show by going to patreon.com slash reformdads and becoming a Patreon supporter. Um, we're actually going to be starting a book study pretty soon. And uh, that's something that we're going to be doing periodically. So if you'd like to get involved in that, I gave you the site to go to. Go ahead and do that. And don't forget, if you're listening on YouTube or any of these other channels, that you can subscribe, leave us a comment. We appreciate that as well. I don't know how long they're going to let us stay on YouTube, but uh, we'll find out. We'll find out. Or if you're on Gab, shout out to Gab. Go to Gab and follow us, Reform Dads, on Gab. Yeah, but, and don't 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 believe the governor of Texas that Gab is an anti-Semitic site. Yeah, that's that's really funny. <laughs> Free speech, anti-Semitic, perfect. Right, that makes sense in in our day. Exactly. Or does it's it? Just, it's just crazy, man. Yeah. To to have the guy, you know, just go after the site. They they allow people to speak, and that means you're going to have people that say dumb stuff. Yeah, but it doesn't mean. I mean, does that mean if there's like one anti-Semite, racist skinhead in Texas that it's a skinhead state? Have you seen what's on Come Facebook on. or Instagram? Isn't there like pornography, you know, on the oh sites? Gosh. What are we talking about these days? Is pornography right, exactly. no longer a hate crime? <laughs> Apparently not. I mean, yeah. what's eighty percent of it is uh, done out of sex trafficking? So yeah. Yeah, uh, just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Check us out on Gab. Yeah, Gab, and uh, check out my brother who has some of his channel on Gab. He's got his own channel where he talks about quite a few different things. One of them's called the Master's Dog. There's a few others, correct? The Master's Dog, unsolicited. I do a weekly podcast called Let Me Tell You, and then a biweekly podcast throughout the year, and then every day through the month of December or November called the fifth seal about persecuted church love it so go check out those shows uh, but today what we're going to be talking about is something that i am not well well versed in not well hands-on in uh, and we're talking about the importance of being able or basically educated on working with your hands so you can do basic jobs and as i said yes. this is not something that i so I was never taught to build anything. I was by my dad. I was never taught to change my own oil. Um, you know, just basic things that would be good for men to know. I was not taught these things uh, in my youth. Um, but now, as a thirty-seven-year-old man, uh, I am just going to YouTube and going outside and building things. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I my dad was was not a hands-on guy by any means. Um, you know, my dad, I don't know that my dad even, half the time he didn't take the car anywhere to get the oil changed. So <laughs> just let it ride. <laughs> just let it go, you yeah. know. So, so yeah, those that was not something that, that it was given to me in my youth either. You know, luckily I've had a couple of jobs that have given me like a little bit of ability and like, low voltage electricity and and stuff like that 
but yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you as as far as things with the car. Um, yeah, I'm I'm lost on anything like that. But thankfully, there is YouTube that you can pretty much learn to do anything. Yes, yeah. Praise God for YouTube. I mean, for me, this this topic kind of came up for two reasons. One, I started building a garden in my backyard. I wanted to be more self-sufficient, not that I'm going to be growing enough food to have stuff year-round, but I just started the process, right? I'm building three boxes. Uh, they're four by eight by two foot high, and uh, we're going to be growing our own uh, vegetables in them. And then we, I had a friend come over who's a carpenter, Shout out Gabe Johnson, uh, Heritage um, Building, but uh, he did he did my chicken coop, and I'm putting in a a, fil- a watering system, a automatic watering system underground. So I'm just kind of like watching YouTube videos, learning, talking to Gabe about you know building these boxes, and he's giving me tips. But it just made me realize, like, man, I I don't have tools. <laughs> I got to go buy tools first, and which is a big part of anything is if you need the tools to be able to build stuff, and, and I'm learning that. Um, you need to have proper tools. They will help make things easier. But I'm just realizing, like, I, I, I have never in my life gone outside and changed my own oil, ever. Wow. Right. I've, I've done it maybe twice in my life. I had a, my brother-in-law, my ex-brother-in-law uh, was a mechanic. So he got me a couple of times underneath the car, showing me how to do it. And, uh, and it, it very much made me appreciate the dude down at Jiffy Lube. Right. <laughs> because, because I'm like, you know, but it is, it's important to know how to do it. It's it, to at least have the experience of doing it once or twice I mean, if, if God has blessed you to the point where you can go down and have the guy at Jiffy Lube change your oil, then that's great. But the the knowledge of being able to do it, we did when I was pastoring a church in Colorado, uh, one of the things that we did as an outreach was a single oil mother, a single mother's oil change, single oil mother's change. There you go. <laughs> a single mother's oil change. So we, uh, you know, we, and part of what it was, was we had a Christian uh, who owned a, a car, an auto body or an auto shop. And one of the things that he wanted to do was teach young men who had never changed oil before who to do that, but he also wanted to bless the moms in the city, single moms. So they turned into this whole thing. So we brought in a bunch of young teenage boys who had never didn't have a dad or didn't have somebody to teach them these things, brought them in, taught them how to do it, and then gave a donated oil and, and filters and stuff to a bunch of single moms. And so that was another point where I got to really kind of learn how those things worked and how to, you know, Th- uh, oil the threads on a filter and put it in and yeah all that good stuff but it was also a really good ministry because I got the opportunity to sit in the office and as the uh, single moms were in there waiting for their cars we got to share the gospel with them Praise so it God. was really an, an amazing ministry that we got to do for a while so yeah I mean very cool stuff the, the scripture is whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do all to the glory of God um, you're able to use basic skills 
uh, to, to bring glory to God. And God has called, you know, us to work. Um, so we are glorifying God in our work. We're actually doing things that produce for our family or helping others in service. And for me, like a lot of the things that I do for work are, you know, there's a lot for ministry are a lot of ideas and concepts or teachings. And I don't always get to see like a final product finished when I'm done with it. But with building projects or changing the oil on my car, like I get to see a finished project and it's actually something that's good for my family or these boxes in the backyard. I get to go out my backyard and use these boxes and see them and there's a physical product that is benefiting my family and there is something very satisfying as a man in in saying like, hey, like God bless me with the hands and the strength and the knowledge to build these things and they're going to help my family to grow food and you know what my kids are going to learn how to garden um and I'm going to be able to remember that like we started this process we started building these boxes and planting these baby trees in the backyard and someday their children might be swinging from these trees and our children might end up being farmers because we built this homestead in our backyard and they really took off with that it's just like you know i me i i don't I used to not think about things in the long term until I started reading scripture and seeing the effects of generations in the Bible, like, for instance, uh, David and what David was called to do and how David's son, Solomon, what he did and what the going down the lines, the progression of the line of David, um, where that ended up and the things that happened because, well, you know, David was a great king and a warrior and he conquered many nations. He was a man after God's own heart. And then his son Solomon got to reap the benefits all of, of all of that conquering. And then he got wisdom from God and, you know, it just continued and grew. And, you know, eventually they ruined it by following after idols. But the idea is, you know, leaving an inheritance to our children's children generations down the line, them being blessed by learning actual skills like gardening, changing oil, these things. These are skills that are going to benefit our children. They're going to grow them, and it's going to help them be more self-sufficient and less reliant on others, which that's not a bad thing, being reliant on others. You can't do everything. But if you look at our nation, like I want to be as uh, know how to have certain skills, as many skills as I can that'll benefit me and my family as far as food and water and different things. Because I don't know when things would possibly get shut down for a Christian, or or you know if the, I can't go into stores unless I'm wearing um, a face mask and a gas mask and a full body suit. Like who knows. A tattoo on your right hand or your forehead that says you had the vaccine. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know when that's going to happen. You're not going to be able to buy or sell without it. So, yeah. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And it is a, a really good thing to be able to to pass on that legacy to your kids. And, you know, uh, again, Opal, my daughter, is is very uh, interested in and things like that. She likes to get outside when even, I mean, just even raking up sticks in the yard opal wants to get in there and 
and do that. And I'm like, here, please do, because daddy hates rakes. And, uh, <clears throat> but, you know, just doing the yard work and stuff like that. And she's so interested. Um, I had to learn how to do um, uh, sprinkler systems by necessity because of, you know, every time, at least once every spring when we get the go to turn on the sprinkler system, some pipe has busted somewhere along the way. You know, you can never get the thing to drain out completely. So you live in that winter, snow land. <laughs> right. We we get we get freezing weather up here. And so yeah, it's amazing how often I have to get down there and dig up the thing and cut out a broken piece of pipe and replace it with a new piece of pipe and all that stuff. And it, it is good to be able and it, like you said, it's it's nice to have that feeling of I completed it. And here's the here's the finished project that I have done. Yeah. Absolutely. To see the work of your hands and, you know, to watch it start working again and the water comes out and the lawn gets green and all that good stuff. So, yes, there's something awesome. And I'll, I'll talk about gardening quick, quickly and owning animals. There's something awesome about God's creation. You know, as I was reading a, a book and it was talking about, you know, the things that God has created um, you know, animals and plants, like they reproduce. So technically, like for me in having a tree, once I have that tree, God is, has created it to where I can reproduce that tree by cutting off branches and uh, planting them. Uh, there's a certain system of it. Or chickens, chickens, they will continue to reproduce and I, once I have a lot of chickens, technically I don't need to buy chickens again unless they die somehow. But if I take care of them and I take care of my garden and, and I, they will continue to produce for me year after year after year and they will supply my family. And, and that is amazing because the things that we build, they break down and deteriorate and then we got to build a new one. But right. the things that are living, you know, I think I, I think about this all the time, like the the trees and different things that are all around us are connected to the trees at creation. Right. Right. Do you ever think about that? Like us as people, we're connected to Adam from creation and everything around us is also connected to to the original creation. God created it. Amen. We tended it and it just continues to produce as long as we tend it. Well, even if we don't tend it, well, it's, it goes on right. its own. Um, but it's just amazing to think about the things that God has created and how, Hey, you might go by, get some eggs and have chickens. And then you can have chickens always. If you take care of them and you'll have eggs produced for your family, you'll have meat produced right. for your family. It's really awesome to think about. Yeah, exactly. I was just last Friday while we were down at the at the the mill on Friday morning talking to one of our pastors uh, down there, and he was talking about their chickens, and we talked about you know having food and eggs and stuff like that, and he was like, you know, we never expected that we'd have one that would be like nine years old, and. I was like, I was like, I'm amazed talking to you that you actually had a chicken that is now nine years old and <laughs> you haven't, you know, turned it into uh, some kind of a chicken noodle soup yet. But yeah, because he, he, he's the guy that like will 
I mean, he, he's the hunter gatherer, um, you know, which is everything that I am not, (laughs) (laughs) but no, we've, we talked a lot. I remember just offhanded conversation with, with, uh, one of the guys from wrath and grace. And he was talking about just how important it is that every Christian should own chickens. And I mean, he was like adamant. He was like, every Christian should own chickens. You should, if you don't, you need to learn how to build a chicken coop and, and own chickens. And I'm like, I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> let, me, yeah. let me just go get down that right now. But it, it, what you're saying is true. It really is because he was in I the mean, chicken in cage things, stage. Yeah, the, <laughs> the chicken cage, stage. <laughs> the cage stage, the chicken cage. Yeah. But it is, I mean, God has provided us with things that, you know, I mean, as long as we do what we were mandated to do in the garden to, you know, take dominion over the earth and the land and the animals and, do what God do, told us to do and do it rightly, we're always going to have that stuff to to take care of us and provide for us, whether it's in gardening, whether it's in, you know, having animals and, and, and so on. God has provided those ways for us to do that. And it, and I, you know, I never really made that connection like you did. And I, I'm like, I hadn't really thought about it before, but I am now that it is every, we, we think, I think about us being connected to Adam but I never think about walk outside and look at the tree and go, this tree here has a definite connection to God's original creation, you know, from seed to seed, to seed, to seed, to seed, to what I'm seeing right now. That's pretty awesome. Because, and yeah, I mean, it, again, it's just one of those things that you, how can you walk around and look at this stuff and be an atheist? How can <laughs> yeah. you look at this and not believe in God? Right. How can you look at these things? I mean, even something as simple as a chicken that provides eggs and provides food when necessary and so on. And yeah, how can you look at that and not go, God is amazing. Right. This chicken will lay me an egg almost every day. Like that is insane in itself. It will provide food almost every day for a certain period of time. Uh, and then it will produce, it can also produce food or it can produce more chickens that will produce more food for me. Like I understand why missionaries, they go and they teach people how to raise chickens. One, because they're very affordable. But as I said, once you have chickens, you have chickens and you you know, you have a rooster, you're going to have more chickens. And, uh, you know, it, it's taken me 37 years to get to where I appreciate it because I'm a city boy at heart. But I'm just like, hey, I wanna, I wanna set up my family where we're not, we don't have to be so dependent. We can actually, there, there's value, there's value for children in seeing where food actually comes from, because Absolutely. they, if they see the work that goes into it, they aren't, they are not thinking that they just deserve this this food doesn't it like shows up in our grocery store, but it's like, there's a, a major disconnect in where our food is actually coming from. And now I can show them, well, this is where our food's coming from. This is how people take care of it. And we get to control what we put into our chickens. So we know what we're eating. What you're eating. And, and that's Im- important. Cause I mean, if you ever watch any of the chicken documentaries, <laughs> that might be the last time you eat a chicken because <laughs> right. it, it's not good conditions. Like these chickens are 
indoors. They're all grouped together. They're just in filth. And like they've bred these chickens to be so big and fat that they can't even walk. Like they're, they're just all kinds of problems. And, you know, I'm, I'm just saying if you, it's, there's a benefit in knowing to what you're putting in your ground, what you're putting in your food, your chickens. And, you know, it, it's another way just to be healthier and move, you know, towards taking care of your body. Right. Yeah. And that appreciation is, is an amazing thing. <clears throat> excuse me. I have a four-year-old that doesn't appreciate anything right now. <laughs> so, you know, she, she feels very entitled to every little thing and, and she's finding out that she's not entitled to every little thing and uh, lots of spankings that go along mm, with that little mm-hmm. entitlement attitude, but to, to show some kind of appreciation. I mean, she watched and, and it's amazing the things that they do appreciate because they see what happens. She watched the guys come into our house day after day after day for weeks and build on our basement and create the bedrooms that we now have. And it's amazing how much she is appreciative and can express just how much work went into building that bedroom, Mm. but not seeing things like food and stuff and what goes into that, the entitlement attitude when it comes to those things. Yeah. So to be able to sit down with your kids and to show them, this is what goes into uh, making food in a garden or on a farm or to show them, this is what goes into taking care of animals that become our food or that provide our eggs or these things so they can see that there really is a process and it just doesn't magically appear at the store. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times my daughter has made some kind of comment off the, off the cuff of like, well, all we got to do is go to the store and get some more. Right. Well, yeah. it's not simply that easy. There, there's a lot more that goes into that. And to be able to give them something where they can see and then appreciate it. I mean, that's a, that's a gift that goes on and on and on because they're going to be able to pass it on to their kids. And right. You know, how, how we talked about when we didn't have dads that, that fed into us in, in that way. Um, you know, my, my father was far from what a, a biblical father should look like. But now I have the opportunity of completely changing that up and and now feeding into my daughter the things that God wants her to know and the things that, that are, are God glorifying yeah. completely aside from what I gained growing yes. up. And you know what it does is it teaches our children patience in a world that tells you you should have everything you want right now. Right now. Right now. Like, that was my, I mean, as a kid, I would, everything, I was spoiled as a, a child. I was an only child, and I just expected things to show up. I just expected to have a roof over my head. I just expected to have, you know, the, what I wanted when I wanted it. And I didn't realize the amount of work that my parents would put in to afford those things. I didn't realize that the amount of work that went into building something or growing something, I just, like you, like your daughter said, it just shows up at the store. I give them this green thing, cash, and, and then I get, get it. I don't realize what went into earning that green thing or that right. egg showing up and how that cost them money 
that that costs the store money, it costs the farmers money, it costs them time. So I when I actually see the value in things, I can appreciate it more. I can appreciate the gifts of God more because I know that it just doesn't appear out of thin air. You know, I um it's interesting. I have this book that I read to my children. It's called Pancake Pan Pancakes Pancakes. Mm-hmm. And it's a book about a a boy and he wants to have a pancake and he lives on a farm and his mother's like, okay, I need you to go do all of these things that go into making a pancake. I need you to go pound the wheat. I need you to go get the eggs from the chickens. I need you to churn the butter. Um, I need you to milk the cat. Like all of these things mm-hmm. that go into making a pancake we don't think about it. We just go to the store and buy a box of pancake mix, throw it on the stove. But the book is like, I used to hate it because I was like, ah, this is just a long book about making a pancake. But then when I like sat and realized, I was like, well, this is great because it's showing my kids all the things that go into this beautiful blessing of a pancake that we have. Like, it's showing them all the areas that it comes from to produce this awesome meal for us. Right. I think my wife must have had that got the same book from the library <clears throat> because at some point in time, like somewhere around a year ago, she just decided she was not buying pancake mix anymore. And for a year, pancakes have always been made from scratch and they talk about it. She and Opal, when they make the pancakes together, you'll hear them talking about the different things, the different things that go. So they're actually putting in an egg and they're actually putting in flour and they're putting in, you know, the different ingredients. And, um, but it, it, it is amazing the difference between just putting a mix in some, some milk or water right. and stirring it up and pouring it. And the difference that is goes into it. And I mean, it's almost listening to them do it. It, it, it tastes different. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's, there's just a different mindset. I'm so much more appreciative of the pancake that took 45 minutes to, to put everything together, to make the batter, to make the stuff, to pour it on and and to do it and throw the blueberries in or whatever, than the 10 minute pancake that came out of a box. Right. And 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 it is, it's just the mindset to know that so much more work went into this one yeah. And there's care and there's attention and and there's learning and there's, you know, discipleship is happening in my kitchen over making pancake batter as opposed to the microwave generation of just give it to me now. Right. And and let's go sit down in front of the TV and and watch a show and not talk right. to each other. Right. Well, you know, it, it's amazing the the different concept in and those two things. And, yeah. you know, the way that I grew up, again, it was like everything was now. Right. Everything, you know, and my dad was, that was what my dad, you know, his idea of of accomplishment was just being able to give me the things. I remember one time, um, weird story, I, before I, long when I was still a smoker, and I should have been a smoker in high school, but, you know, I was supposedly going to quit. And, hmm. um you know, one day we're, my dad and I are sitting in the coffee shop and we're drinking coffee and I reach over and I, I snatched one of his cigarettes and he got up out of his chair and he left the coffee shop. And I'm like, Oh man, what is going on? 
And then like 10 minutes later, he comes back and he sets down a pack of cigarettes in front of me and goes, the rest of the carton is in the car. Don't smoke my cigarettes. But for him, that was an accomplishment that he was giving me this, this grand thing in his mind that he was able to just go and buy these and make, and that was it. It was like the instant gratification kind of thing. Mm. And it was weird. And I always think about that situation as opposed to when, when I'm doing things and I'm having to explain things to my daughter and make her wait for something or make her. And I'm like, I don't want to be like my dad was where it was like, here's just a quick fix. Yeah. You know, and, and, and cover it, put it, you know, whatever. I want to be able to explain. These are why we do these things. Yes. And, and sometimes it takes time and there's work and there's effort that goes into it, but it's much more appreciated when you finish it, when well, you yeah. get to the end. Well, the the quick fix doesn't teach them any to solve any problems, right? The quick fix is I ordered it a new one instead of fixing it, and it doesn't right. teach them any skills. You know, my my friend came over who has uh, I think he has eight children, and he has some older kids, and he was telling me uh, this. He was telling me that you know you once your kids get to a certain age where you can teach them to fix things or do things themselves even though it will take them an hour or two longer to do it spend the time teaching them to do it and giving them that opportunity even though you could probably do it in 15 minutes because you never know when the time is going to come when dad or mom isn't there or something's going on and they have to figure out how to solve a problem. He gave me the example, and this is just kind of a crazy story, but his friend was a a rancher and he had always raised his children to be ranchers. Like they, they were on horses from a young age. They were herding cattle from a young age. And he was telling me the story about one day when the, the guy's 12 year old went out with his grandmother on a long horse ride, like miles and miles and miles away from the house And the grandmother, I guess the horse reared up and smashed the grandmother's face to where she couldn't breathe and he had to pull her off the horse. And there was no way that that anybody was going to like drive there to get to them. So what he did is the 12 year old boy gets off his horse. He pulls the grandmother over. He, he puts her in the shade because it's a hundred some degrees outside and he knows that she's not going to survive in the heat. He turns her on her side. So she doesn't, uh, choke on her own blood and like can't breathe. So he puts her on her side and then this boy is able to call, uh, his dad and based on the landmarks therein that the, the where he's at he's able to tell a helicopter how to fly and land where they are so that it would be safe for the helicopter and that 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 they can get there in time to help them a 12 year old boy nice. is able to yeah. To navigate this. And the reason that that 12 year old boy is able to do this is because he has been raised to know where he is, what he's doing, if something happens, how to deal with it. I mean, I'm thinking about me as a 12 year old boy, like grandma would have died. <laughs> Grandma's dead. Grandma's dead now exactly. because I rode off and figured I would get help. And by the time I got back to her, she's dead. You know, like. Yeah. Um, 
It's just like these skills that we never know when our children are going to need to use them. Like if we neglect teaching them and always are doing the quick fix, well, when the problem arises and the quick fix isn't available, they're going to be clueless. It's, it's just critical reasoning skills. It's life skills that they're not going to know how to use because dad never taught them to do so. So when the situation arises... What do they do when the intruder comes in the house? What do they do? Right. Yeah, like if we never teach them these things, they're not going to learn it. And I'm a perfect example of that. I never learned. I never learned to um, do these things. So now I'm I'm kind of clueless on it. Right. Exactly. And you know, and it, it is. It's a matter of of intentionally. I mean, now we have to learn to do the things that we deemed that are necessary to pass on to our kids. So like <clears throat> part of Opal's homeschooling, now that it's starting to warm up a little bit um, and it's not so snowy and, and, and stuff like that up here in Utah is when we can, we go out and just, I mean, I'm lucky to live in a spot where just across the street is the foothill of the mountain and we can go hiking. I mean, and it's, it's, you know, it's a, a two minute walk over and then we're on a, a trailhead and we can go hike up the mountain and, and so on. And I can show her things, you know, what deer poop looks like and what these different things are, you know? And so, I mean, if it were necessary, she'd be able to get across and go up and find some higher ground and, and stuff like that. And she's starting to recognize, she recognizes deer poop. She recognizes, you know, cacti and, and stuff like that that are that's there and she's fascinated by these things things that i never you know i mean i don't want to see deer poop i never wanted to see deer poop but she's fascinated and and again it's because she has she's just it's a different mindset a different opportunity for her to grow up appreciating more of the things that god has given us and the beauty that's i mean even just in his creation yeah you know i mean I grew up, I was like, yeah, look, those are the mountains. Between Colorado and Utah my entire life, and I never really appreciated the mountains. I don't like to ski um, because I don't like to fall down and get hurt, but that's another story. <laughs> um, but, you know, she has a, such a different outlook, and she looks at these things, and and she'll talk about it when we're going. She's like, you know, God made this for us, right, Daddy? God put this here. And, and it's like, yeah, she she makes the connection that you did earlier that I never would have made, that all these things connect back to what God created. Yes, yes. And it so, was, and those it was, are the... Go ahead. I was going to say... Those was, are the important things for her to know. Yeah. Yeah, and how these things were shaped, these mountains, how they were shaped, all of these things. Like we live, like like we were talking about, we live in such a fast-paced society. It's just like we don't ever stop to appreciate the beauty of things because we're angry about the last Facebook post that I saw that happened in Australia uh, that I shouldn't even have seen then now I'm upset about something in Australia and I'm like neglecting everything around me. You know, um, I'm, I'm just disconnected from reality um, or disconnected from what's right around me. And um, it's, it's important, like, I think personally uh, it, there, 
there should be, obviously I'm not going to change my oil every single time my car needs, there. there's something called opportunity cost, right? It's like, right. it's better for me to have the time sometimes and just pay somebody else to do it a lot quicker. You know, right. there are people who are skilled artisans in different things that I'm not skilled in. But there are also opportunities for me to learn basic skills that if I'm in a pinch or, or I don't have the money, that I can do it my, myself. You know, I can go outside and I can build a shed to store something in, to store food in. There's just basic hands-on skills to know. There's basic being out in the wilderness skills that would be good for me to know like if I got in some trouble, how how to you know deal with the situation? So you know, it you don't have to learn. You don't have to stop everything you're doing and learn all of these things overnight. But like maybe you know you know that your oils needs to be changed in you know a month or so. You have the opportunity to learn how to do it. Just plan on it or plan on doing it with your your child. Uh, to show them how to do it so that if it ever comes about, they know how to do it. And and maybe the time after that, you pay somebody. But it's it's also, like you said, it's a bonding experience like with your daughter and your wife. It's my dad. The children are going to remember the time that their dad took them outside and showed them how to change the oil. They're going to remember that. And, you know, hopefully it's a fond memory and not of dad getting <laughs> angry and oil splatted on his face and yelled and screamed. Hopefully right. there's a, a good memory of that so that if they ever are in a time where they need to use, grab some tools and fix something, that it's a fond memory of time they spent with their dad. And they want to repeat that fond memory with their children and their children and so on. You know, it's important. Right. It's that it's leaving that legacy for your kids. It's giving them something. I mean, a skill that they can take and they can pass on to, to their children and they can pass on to their children. And, you know, if, if God grants us that, that someday I'll be able to watch my, my you know, daughter or son-in-law or somebody teach my grandchild how to do the same thing that I taught them how to do and to watch that pass on, yeah. you know, and, and should God tarry and let me stick around long enough to see my great grandchildren do the same stuff, you know? Or think about this, brother. Think about when your child is old enough to do it themselves and you're too tired to do it. You've taught them how to do it. Right. Hey, I need you to go change the oil on the car. <laughs> you know Absolutely. what I mean? Like Absolutely. my wife, I have three daughters. I, I tell my wife all the time, and she understands this is like, hey, housework's going to be a lot easier when you got three helpers going around helping you with chores. I don't know how many children we'll have at that time, but, you know, we you'll, you're going to have help in not too far of a distant time, and housework's going to look a little different if you've taught them how if to do these them. things. Right, exactly. I mean, the, the joke used to be the only reason I wanted kids for a long time was so I didn't have to mow the lawn anymore. And <laughs> I think that's why God said, okay, well, I'm giving you a daughter because you have a bad attitude about this. And so, you know, 
And, uh, but she'll learn how to mow the lawn. She already wants to learn. And I'm like, you know what? You're four. You can, (laughs) you can, you can watch. It might be a little dangerous for her. Yeah. You know, but she, I mean, she gets up and she wants to help do the dishes and, and stuff like that. And, and that's another one of those things where it's like, we have a dishwasher. Well, you know what? There are some days where we hand wash the dishes because that's something that one, she wants to do it. I mean, she's four. She hasn't gotten to the point where she hates it yet. <laughs> right. and, uh, yeah. So it's like, okay, you want to do it? We're not going to use the dishwasher tonight. We're going to fill up the sink. We're going to put suds. We're going to get a washcloth and we're going to hand wash the dishes. You know, we're going to teach you how to throw things in the, the washing machine. We're going to teach you how to fold stuff. And, and so, you know, we're getting into all these different things. And at this point, she's like a little sponge and she wants to learn it. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, completely opposite of what I was, you know, any, any of those things I was like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. I want to, you know, I want to go, you know, hang out with my friends. I want to go be a a hoodlum down the street and not get into any of these things. But again, she is there and God has given me an opportunity. And I mean, just hoping that I'll have the blessing of someday I'll be around to see her passing those things on to our grandchildren. Yes, absolutely, man. It's, I mean, I just, I want to change the culture of my family by being more hands-on, more present in the moment, and not just ordering something new when something breaks, you know, learning life skills. There's so many life skills to be learned. I mean, for me, I now, you know, I, I'm seeing like, in this is kind of a different topic, but it, it relates to seeing how things work and not just like paying somebody else to do it or or letting somebody else take care of the problem is look at our politics you know i have no i i had no clue how our politic political system worked and i'm just now learning about it um because man i'm tired of babies dying and uh like i'm tired of these people who are in office thinking that i have no way of um, holding them accountable for their actions. Well, it's like, well, that's our system was created for us to 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 have checks and balances and to hold people accountable and for them to be, you know, representative of the people. But I didn't know these things. I wasn't taught like about how politics work. I wasn't taught about how things get done in communities, um, how you can have an effect in your local community because. I, I just was a kid running around the neighborhood and my parents didn't put any importance on that. My parents right. didn't put any importance in knowing our neighbors and having a relationship with them and like doing life with them and supporting them. Just there are basic things that I just skipped over because I loved, you know, my little bubble of how life was and I loved, you know, TV and entertainment and it, it shielded me from understanding, you know, what's going on around me and knowing how I can have an effect on it. So that's something I, as well. We need to teach our children about how polit- local politics work and how we can, how it's important um, to hold our people creating law, making laws uh, accountable. You know, how, how, how can they do that? How can they be involved? How can they be in the know so that you know, the time comes and they're putting in some law that's going to allow uh, men to go in women's bathrooms and showers and be perverts. 
what how like we need to be to know how they can hold the people making these laws accountable absolutely the the do it yourself lifestyle um, I mean, it works its way into politics. It can work its way into religion. If you're in a if you're in a city where there's not a good, solid, theologically sound, Bible believing church, start one, plant one. You know, I mean, if you if you if you have to travel more than three hours <laughs> to find a a church, I mean, and there are places where that is the reality. Sure. I mean, being yeah. involved in in some of these groups online that I've gotten involved in, and you know, Reformed Pub and Reformed Bars and stuff like that. I mean, there are guys that are driving three hours to find a a solid theological i mean well and now to find a church that's actually meeting in person right actually engaging in corporate worship and it's like there there comes a point where you know especially men i mean if if you know if you can preach the word if you can if you can at least articulate the gospel well you may need to find yourself in a place where you are starting a corporate worship you know it may not be that you are going to be the pastor of that church but you may need to be called to to start some kind of fellowship, right? And and bring somebody you know to where to where people can meet together. And yeah, as as the political and religious atmosphere gets worse and worse, um, you know, as we as we sway further to the left, yeah, you know, those things are are going to probably happen. And it's the same thing with politics. It's like if you really want to see, you know, abortion ended you may have to run for office. Exactly. You may yeah. actually have to get out there and be part of it, but at least you've got to be out there voting and, and you've got to be out there. I just, I did it again. I hate to, to rabbit trail, but I just did a podcast on the whole issue of pro-life evangelicals for Biden. They wrote this <laughs> open letter to him. They, they're, they feel like they've been betrayed because he's not being pro-life and they voted for him. And it's like, look, you know, I wasn't the guy that jumped on the bandwagon that said excommunicate everybody that voted Democrat. But if you voted Democrat, being claiming to be pro-life and voted Democrat, thinking that somehow they were going <laughs> to change them by giving them your vote, homie, you played yourself. Yeah, you're. It's it's just handing over responsibility, right? You're handing exactly. over responsibility to someone else. It's a mindset. It's a mindset that's been created from not thinking that you need to do something yourself. I tell Christians a lot of the time, like, hey, think about starting your own business, too. Think about something that you can do that you're passionate about, maybe even in your neighborhood. Maybe it doesn't supplement all of your income, but it's something small that you can do to start your own business, a basic skill. That basic skill could be mowing lawns. That basic skill could be building sheds. That basic skill could be... um, growing gardens, whatever it is, there are basic skills that you can have that can be small supplemental incomes for you. And if you don't have a hands-on attitude, if you've never been taught to just take the initiative and if you want something done, if you need to save more money, well, do something on the side. But if you've been given the attitude of, well, I can just pay somebody else to do it or it'll just show up or I just deserve it, well, you're going to be part of the generation that just sits on the couch and plays video games, still lives with mom and expects food to be delivered to their bedroom every day. Right. Exactly. You know, it, it's it's a mindset that we're teaching our children. It's It starts with us as dads and me. 
I know for for sure that I need to take the initiative and next time my oil needs to be changed, get some tools, borrow some tools, whatever I need to do and change my oil and and know how to do that so I can teach my children to do the same. Have the tools. Tools are valuable things to have to do these jobs, to do these basic fixes. I mean, like I said, do it in short spurts. Take one opportunity at a time. We don't feel like gotta learn how to do how to do all of these things next week or I'm failing. Like you have a lifetime. You know, I, I think right. there's a concept of don't waste time, you know, what are you doing today? But there's also the concept of, you know, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, you have a long period of time, hopefully, God willing. You shouldn't have the mindset, though, of I need to finish all of this right now, tomorrow. Like, things take time to learn. Things take time to do. Start chunking away at it. I'm learning how to do yard right now and build boxes because that's what's in front of me. And maybe next month I'll have an oil change and I'll grab some tools for that and learn how to do that. Exactly. And it it is. Like anything else gospel-centered, it's... It's worth investing the time in and doing it well. And again, it, it's not everything that has to be done right now. Right. You know, especially if it's plumbing, you don't you don't want to get into plumbing <laughs> right now. Nope. Right. There's going to be plenty of opportunity to get into the plumbing later. Um, just have a good YouTube channel that you know you can use when yes. when the time comes to because nobody wants to get into plumbing. Plumbers don't even want to get into plumbing. But, <laughs> right. You know. But yeah, you're right to to. Just take that time, you know, I mean, at 47 years old, all the tools that I have have been built up over time as objects of necessity, you know, I mean, I didn't, we didn't get married and go, okay, here's the checklist of all the tools we need and let's go get them. Right. You know, it was, well, we need to build a platform to put our washer and dryer on so my wife doesn't have to bend over and hurt her back to put things in. So guess what? I'm going to go buy a... Uh, a saw and um, nails and the stuff that I need to do and learn how to do this and, right. you know, and, and, you know, learn how to, to measure twice and cut once because I did yes. a whole lot of me- <laughs> measuring once and cutting twice and yeah. going back to Lowe's to get more wood because yep. I messed that one up, Fun. you know? And so, but it is, it's, it's a, it's a time period and understanding that God has, is, you know, God is gracious. And I mean, as I get older, you know, I'm, I'm buying less green bananas. Right. But <laughs> I still trust God has given me a time to be with my daughter and I'm not in panic mode, but I'm not also not, you know, I don't have to do everything right now. And we're going to learn those things over time. Yeah. And you have the opportunity to change the cycle in your family, right? You have the opportunity Absolutely. to change the cycle of you and I weren't taught to do these things but we can change the cycle for our children and that will affect their children and their children, hopefully. And, um, you know, they could be more self-sufficient. They can have more hands-on skills. And if you look at the world, they're not pushing learning these skills. They're pushing just uh, figure figure things out. You deserve the money. The government's just going to give you what you need, all of these things. They're not pushing those skills. They're trying to get you more dependent on the government to provide every meal, provide every health care, everything. 
They're wanting people to be dependent on them so that they can be the God that they worship. And that's not what God has called us. He's called us to work, to provide for ourselves. Some he blesses more, some he blesses less. That's for God to decide. But I can tell you what, learning skills, certain skills over your lifetime, those are going to continue to bless you as you go forward, um, and they're going to bless your children. So do it. Absolutely. Go and do it. Amen. Well, any last comments from you, my brother? No, I need to uh, need to go buy a couple of tools. Yeah, I hear you. I, this whole this whole show, I was preaching to myself the whole time. Right, exactly. <laughs> the entire time, I'm like, okay, you know, when when am I actually going to go get those chickens? <laughs> there you go. There I you love, go. I I, I do too. Eggs. Yeah, we we go through about seven to nine eggs every day in my right. family. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to them producing. Well. This has been the end of our show, and as we say uh, at the end of each show, surely you need guidance to wage war, but victory is won through many advisors. Thanks for tuning in, and see you next time. I don't understand, they don't understand. I'm running with the fam, yeah, I love the fam. And we gon' serve the one that's from up above. And they gon' know it's us by the way we love. All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers. And we gon' worship the Father and we gon' drown in this water. All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers. And we gon' worship the Father and we gon' drown in this water. Family, family, family. Christ up.